0: Hello everyone, welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda, and I hope that you all had a gorgeous weekend. Happy Monday. Um, there is a couple of things I want to tell you before we get into today's show. First of all, I am super excited about the medical Reiki training with Raven Keys. We are just three months away from that. So if you do want to come to San Diego, it's a gorgeous city, and you are a Reiki master and would like to do this training with Raven Keys, be sure to go to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com and sign up today. Again, we're just three months away from this training, so I hope to see you there. And um, there's just been a lot going on behind the scenes, and I shared this with you before, but we have some upcoming interviews that I'm very excited to share with you. So if you haven't followed the show already, be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcast, on iHeartRadio, or Spotify, um, all of those places. That way, whenever there's a new episode that releases, you will be updated or notified about it. So that you don't miss anything. Um, I also want to welcome everyone who is new to the show and to the new members of the Seeker Circle. I'm so happy to see you all there, happy to see the community growing, and I will be coming in more frequently for some group talks. So if you want to join us in the Seeker Circle, you can also find information about that on my website, The Energetic Alchemist. And lastly, if you are new and you haven't signed up for my newsletter yet, be sure to do that because you will get access to some free downloads. One is 22 Days of Transformation, which helps you in your own journey of self-observation and like having the experience of what these different tools are about. It all starts in our mind and how we perceive things. So that's really a fun journey and it is free when you sign up for the newsletter And there are some other gifts that you'll be able to access as well. So today, we are going to talk to a Reiki practitioner named Emily. And Emily has a business called Seeking Solace, and she is what is called a soul doula. So... If you haven't heard of a soul doula, that is okay. She tells us all about it. I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you want to learn more about Emily after the show, be sure to go to SeekingSolace.com and that's S-O-U-L-A-C-E, SeekingSolace.com, or you can find her on Instagram at SeekSolace underscore with Emily. So get comfortable and I will see you on the other side. Enjoy the show. Everyone, so we are here today with Emily, and I want to first thank you for being on the show. And um, I have to say, I'm really excited about this conversation because a lot of your story um, is so familiar to what a lot of us go through. So I want to thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, of course. And seeking solace, um, I wanted to ask you about that first because that is the name of your business. And if you could just share with us a little bit, what brought you into the space of even seeking solace for yourself? And what does that mean for you?
1: Yeah, so it's funny that you asked that question. Um, for me, like I had always been, you know, I had struggled in my life with some illnesses and different things like that. And for me, it was really just recognizing that I'm my own healer. It's recognizing that my body knows what it needs, you know, what environment, um, is helpful for my body and my soul. And really the seeking solace kind of came from that. It's just that I understand that people are out there, you know, struggling to find their own voice and their own healer. And yeah, the name kind of just like came to me. I love the word soul. So I knew that I had wanted to do something with that,
0: but Well, that's a, um, I like that you point that out, because that's a big thing, is recognizing that we have that ability, like we're literally designed to um, support our own self-healing. But you also mentioned environment. So with the work that you do, just so everyone knows, you are a soul doula, which we will get into very specifically. Um, You practice Reiki, you teach meditation, and you also do mentoring. But in all of this, How has that helped you come to the space of recognizing, you know, even those little qualities of, like, the environment and how important that is to how you feel and these types of things?
1: Yeah, so for me, it kind of started, I was actually diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when I was 11. And I remember being in the hospital and, like, having those, like, bright colored lights, like you know having all of these weird smells and just not being able to like even wear your own clothes like something mm-hmm. as simple as that that is so comforting um for me like i really like i hate going in grocery stores just because of like the really like intense lighting um so as a kid like i had recognized how uncomfortable that made me feel and to understand that you know i for me i need to be in control of my environment like i like my environment to be a space where I can transform, and I feel like in order to do that, it needs to be clean, you know, it needs to have colors that I love and that I resonate with, so that's kind of where that all started, and my mom, like as a kid, she loves decorating, like, so even as a young kid, it was always like this, the environment is very, very important to, I feel.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, because I don't think a lot of us consider the impact that our environments have on us and how we feel. I mean, just even visually, because you mentioned color and sense and all of these different things it can totally impact our mood. So that's um, really interesting. But one of the first things I wanted to ask you about before we get into like the different details of your work is your personal transition that you recently had, because this is something that so many um, Reiki practitioners email me about and ask about. You were more aligned in the field of doing like social work, something more traditional and a way of helping people. And you've recently transitioned into this, your soul doula work being your career, your work. So what even inspired you to make that leap in that transition? And how scary was that?
1: That's a really beautiful question. And it's something that, honestly, it was really hard for me. It was so like just that leap of faith. Um, but I had worked as a social worker with uh, my last job, I worked with people experiencing homelessness. So essentially, I was kind of doing life coaching, like connecting them to doctors and all, all of those sorts of things. And I found that I was defeating my energy. Like I had always loved Reiki. I love like the holistic approach. But when you're talking about people with severe mental illness, or when you're talking about, you know, the Western looking at, you know, the the medical model, um, we tend to forget that there's alternative methods. And so, you know, I'd have clients with a lot of things going on. And for me, I would be like, you know, I really want to do Reiki, or I really, that would just like keep coming in my head where I wanted to do these other options that I didn't really have the chance to do. So I left my job, um, actually, like, you know, four ish months ago. And I had previously been working on starting my own business. I always knew even in high school, before I had gone into the social work world that I was like, I really want to have my own business. Like, I don't want to work for anyone. I want to do my own thing. And I didn't know how that was going to come about until I literally just was like, this is, this is what I'm doing. Like Mm -hmm. I want to start my own Reiki practice.
0: It's really interesting because I've spoken to several people and I've even had some clients who do social work or even summer therapists. whatever they're doing, it's something to support people. But then they also um, start learning about these other techniques and recognize an opportunity, just like what you're saying, to support people in alternative ways, but also covering a, a broader scope of what wellness is for us, right? So. Um, With your decision to do this, was that kind of influenced by you wanted to do more that maybe you couldn't do in the type of work you were doing before, or do you do like a blend of the two now? Because I know you also do mentoring. So is there like this marriage of what you've learned as a social worker and then bringing in this alternative modality?
1: Yeah, so I kind of always wanted to do a little bit of both like i always felt that you know i'm very grateful that i did go to school for social work because it's given me those skills so when i am working with people with life coaching like i can still utilize those things right I found that in my work like i wasn't really able to focus on the holistic part just because of all of the other like progress notes and things that you have to do unfortunately and i feel like oftentimes you lose the person in that um, and so i saw that and i you know I just, I wanted to change that. I wanted to be able to provide people alternative methods of healing because I know for me, it has been so like beneficial.
0: Yeah, so this is the piece too I have to ask you about again um, for so many people listening. And when we come into these spaces where we may be very happy about the work that we're doing. And there's some benefit, whether financial or it is something that we enjoy, but then our heart starts to call, or our soul starts to like say, there's another direction I wanna go in. That can be really scary transition. And I know for you, I mean, going from something more traditional into this, it came with challenges. So what was it that you had to connect with or do Or what was that like inspiration that made you go like, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to do it. Was it just a big blind leap of faith one day?
1: Honestly, it was again, working as a social worker. I was, I was honestly burnout. Like I, I had come home and I was just so exhausted where I couldn't really do the things that I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And I always told myself that I wanted to live a life that I was happy with every day. And I, I think that oftentimes we make excuses for ourselves. You know, we're like, oh, well, I'm not good enough to have X, Y, Z, or I don't have enough time for X, Y, Z. So before I was kind of making excuses for myself because I was afraid, you know, I was afraid right. that what that next step looks like. And really, it's taken a lot of that inner work, like looking at the shadow work, like even talking about when you're starting your own business, like how is your relationship with money? Um, You know, all of those sorts of things that I just had never even considered until I started to take that leap of faith. And then, okay, now I need to really work on that.
0: Yeah. And, you know, another thing you reminded me of, um, last week I posted a, a podcast for my patron group, but I didn't do it publicly. But I was sharing and talking about how important it is. And one of the reasons I'm so glad you're here, too. It's important for us to have these conversations and share what our experiences are, So that we start to show that this isn't just some woo-woo weird thing, right? I mean, considering, okay, you went from um, social work; you're probably pretty practical-minded, but also saw and have had your own experiences of how bringing in these other methods really support you (laughs) wholly—the entire way of being. So I am, um, I think it is important for all of us, anyone listening, Emily, you being here today to share these stories so that it does become um, something that people understand. It's just about understanding our design and using that to our advantage, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah. So how did you come into Reiki? Were you doing this prior to the social work or did it come after?
1: Yeah. So it was weird because I found I was at this holistic doctor and she had like a bunch of these brochures and business cards. And I remember like I picked up something for Reiki and I had never heard of it, like literally never heard of it. And I was like, I really want to do this. Like I want to take this class. And so I went there not even knowing anything about it, like absolutely nothing. And I fell in love with it. It was like, as a kid, people always used to make fun of me because my hands would always be really sweaty because they were like healing, you Mm -hmm. know, and I never even recognized it. And so it was kind of like just this empowered moment that, that it literally just shifted my life. And I was like, this is what I want to do. But that was actually before I went into the social work world. So I'd been doing that before that.
0: It's very cool. So I know that you just said the word empowered. And it struck me because I know a lot of your work, you are um, driven to help people to feel more empowered and helping people with different transitions. So we've been talking about this, like you transitioning from more of a traditional career into your own business. But just like you've experienced, we all go through so many transitions, right? Whether it's career and our relationships and Um, grief, all of these different things that you like to support people with and through. I wanted to ask you first, what was your personal experience or is there anything that stands out where you felt, I wish I had that? Like, why do you feel so called to support people in this way?
1: Yeah, so honestly, at a very young age, I'll give you a very brief story. I remember being like eight years old and I would wake up every single morning and watch Feed the Children. So as, from a very young age, I really just was so passionate about like helping others that you know were very underserved. And so you know then I was diagnosed with type one diabetes, and I at that point like I felt so alone. And I you know obviously as a kid like you're not thinking about what you're eating like you just want to hang out with your friends and you know go to parties. And it was like this whole life change where I had to literally change my nutrition, change every single thing about my life, give myself insulin shots, you know, when I was 11. So that was huge. And then um, I had a healing awakening around four years ago, where I just was miserable. I mean, I had brain fog, I was going to all of these doctors, like I was getting sick every time I was eating stuff. And nobody could give me any answers. And I literally just felt so hopeless. Mm -hmm. And again, I had nobody to talk to really about it, because nobody understood. And so so that kind of sparked that in my calling to really just help people and be a mentor to them throughout whatever transition that they're going through in their life.
0: You know, hearing you say this, it it makes me um, think about one of the things we don't always hear so much about. Like we often hear. Yes, we all know we have transitional things to go through and we know like, yeah, what it's like when we may feel stuck in a career or trying to heal from a relationship or feeling stuck in them, all of these different things. But we don't always talk about the impact, right? And that's really why this work matters and why what you're doing is so beneficial to people. So just from what you've gone through in your own transitions, whatever they've been and what you've noticed, with people in your life and your clients, what do you think are some of the, um, biggest impacts to us? Like just in feeling emotionally, all of these things when we are in these spaces where we don't know how to move forward or we feel like we can't.
1: That is a beautiful question. And I honestly, I think, a lot of it is really the support. You know, I had, like I said, I had worked with people that were experiencing homelessness, and I will tell you, most of them did not have a solid support system. So, you know, if they have health issues or, you know, a mental health diagnosis or really anything, it's just having somebody there to help them through that process. And yeah, I, I would say honestly, it's the support as well as the nutrition, like what you were feeding your body, as well as offering gratitude to the food that you're putting in your body I feel like that's huge
0: yeah that reminds me too I want to ask you about your healing tree in a moment but um with this too I know it's reminding me of you know when I went through the transition from you know corporate into what I'm doing now too it caused so much stress just that space of not knowing what to do not knowing which step to take the fear that comes around doing something outside of the box i mean that is so disruptive to our systems right so um even in that like when people come to you regardless of what they think is going on with them about being in this transitional phase is there anything that you notice is like the underlying? factors like the fear or whatever it may be like what are we really working on have you noticed
1: um I would say that the main thing that I've noticed is that truly like believing in themselves and that sense of empowerment I really do I think that so many people oftentimes listen to other people for advice or you know the Mm -hmm. experts When really we don't sit down with ourselves and just ask our body and our soul what we need because we have the answers like 100%, but we don't do that.
0: Yeah. And that's like kind of the crazy thing because it sounds so simple, right? And then it's like almost like we give each other permission to do it and that light bulb goes off when someone tells you like, yeah, just check in. How are you feeling? And it's like, what? I guess I never do that. It's amazing. Like um, sometimes it seems so simple, but I always tell people you have to have the experience because it's, it's unbelievable what happens, right, when we come into these connections with ourselves. So I know um, another thing I wanted to ask you about and talk with you about was the challenges and how they help us transform because a lot of your work is really about soul level transition and how these really support transformation in our overall life right but we get in these challenges and we're like oh, like why is the universe doing this to me but it sounds like you recognize that these challenges are actually support for us so can you talk to us a little bit about that
1: yeah absolutely i I love that. It's, it's so funny because people often come to me, I would say not all the time, but a majority for like relationship things. Mm -hmm. And because we, you know, as humans, we are here on this planet, like we get so attached to people and so attached to things. And I think oftentimes, like it just, yeah, it is just so mind blowing that people will do that. Like, yeah, oh, I'm I'm in this relationship where I just broke up with this person, and I don't know how to handle it. Um, and really, like, I, I personally want to just be like, well, I want to be honest, but I also have to understand where they are in that process of coming to terms with that. And right. I just think that our transformation, even though it can seem like a challenge at the time, you know, they're... And it again, you have to go through it like you were just saying. Mm-hmm. Like you have to go through it to understand that yes, you can be attached to this person, but when you break up with them or they're no longer in your life anymore, that is a soul growth opportunity for you to find something that fits even better with your life. And it it's yeah. a process. Like it's oh, a process yeah. of grieving and recognizing, but yeah, it's super powerful.
0: Oh, I totally agree. And I am always amazed by these, like even the ones I'll say that I've experienced, I've been very uncomfortable, but when you can, even in the background, just have this awareness of like, what is this showing me about me? Right. Whether it's showing you maybe like codependency or fear of being alone, lack of work, whatever it is. I mean, we learn so much about ourselves in these very uncomfortable spaces and through the transitions, often find out, like, just how resilient we are, or that we were stronger than we thought, all of these things, it's, it is unbelievable.
1: Yeah, it is super powerful.
0: Yes, so I wanted to ask you about this, um, because you did mention it before, and you said that you want to help people feel more empowered, because that is a big thing, we feel out of our power, And then how do we move forward from that, right? How do we even trust it? But I saw on your site, you also talk about accessing our inner strength, overcoming self-doubt, but finding um, and accepting our purpose. Like you want to help people connect to their purpose. So do you find that that is something that like motivates us? Like if we feel like we're in our purpose, what does that do for us?
1: Oh, absolutely. And it's funny because when I was doing social work, I felt... I felt like I was in my purpose, Mm -hmm. but I, I often look at people, you know, if they post like a before picture of, you know, their social work job or whatever, and then they like post another picture of what they, what they stepped into as their purpose, it's almost like they seem lighter. Mm -hmm. Like you look at somebody's eyes, I believe that eyes are like the window to the soul. Yes. Um, it, you can just tell, I mean, You know, for me, being a social worker, I, I look at my pictures now and I look so, like, fogged down. Like, mm-hmm. And I, at the time, I felt that was my purpose. But when you truly step into your purpose, like, things, there's going to be challenges, obviously. Yeah. But you don't feel, I don't even know. Like, you just don't feel so heavy, I guess. You feel a lot lighter.
0: I have to ask you this, then. Have you noticed at all in working with people with this and even considering what your experience has been, are there times where we're just not that far off the mark, you know what I mean? Like maybe we're in different paths or having different experiences and it's like just with some slight tweaks, then all of a sudden something clicks for us or does it tend to be more of like a drastic or does it just depend on the situation?
1: I think it honestly depends on the situation. I've seen a little bit of both. Um, You know, I've seen, you know, clients of mine who go through, through like relationship breakups where it was very unexpected and that like made them see something or find somebody else that like was the perfect match. So Mm -hmm. I really think it just depends on, on the person, but I've seen a little bit of both.
0: Yeah. I actually heard, um just a few days ago, I was listening to someone on a podcast and they were talking about how from their perspective, sometimes we call in these very hard challenges just to push us into or try to catapult us into making changes that are going to support us getting closer to our purpose that maybe we wouldn't have done ourselves. Like sometimes it's the discomfort that gets us where we need to be, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So with that too, I wanted to ask you about what you, um, provide and how you support people, but we have to talk about your cards and yeah. So you created this beautiful deck called travel guidance cards, and they remind me a lot of something that would be so great for, um, focus reconnection, but also empaths. Like I saw the deck and I was like, empaths would be so good with this because of how, Um, much support we need in feeling connected to our body and having that connection and resonance with nature and how much that helps us just with functionality, right? So what inspired this deck? And can you just tell everyone what it's about?
1: Yeah. So I have always loved photography. Like that is kind of like my creative project is just taking pictures, especially of nature. And so I, you know, had been looking on Etsy and all of these different places and I I thought, might just make my own why not and so I got some of my pictures I took um a little bit more pictures for the deck and I just started creating like I I feel like you said as empaths we are so connected to nature mm-hmm. and so for me it's like being able to sit out with that deck in nature or literally in my car like sometimes I'll drive to the lake and just like sit there and like you know, if I'm struggling, it just gives a little bit of clarity. And that's kind of what I want people to get from that is just like, really trusting their intuition and letting the cards guide them and bring up things that they might not be thinking about themselves.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of um like how I think we take a grant for granted, just like you were saying at the beginning of this conversation, how important environment is for us. But sometimes too, just that redirection of focus, right? So if you're feeling off or whatever, and you look at this beautiful image and like really let yourself just connect into that, what an amazing shift it can create. It's like, and it comes back to like how we manage our mind. I mean, I love this with this work because we learn how to manage all of these layers of ourselves. But yeah, so where can people learn more about that? That's, they can find that on your website.
1: Yeah, they can find it on my website. They're also on Etsy as well. So whatever one they want to use.
0: Okay. And I'm going to make sure to put the website um, link, of course, in the show description. But this brings me to one of the aspects of your work as well, too. Um, The first I want to ask you about is the space cleansing and blessing Mm -hmm. and why you've incorporated this into your services and how it relates to our well-being.
1: Yeah. So I had always, again, environment for me is key. So when I had started learning about, you know, the saging and and all of those beautiful components to cleanse a space, Mm -hmm. I just, people were asking me, actually, it's a funny story. My friends, they own a ghost hunting team. And so they were like, Emily, um, how would you feel about like cleansing a space? And I had honestly never really done it before. And I was like, Okay, like sure. I'll I'll try it. And I went and I was like I really want to do this because it's for me it's bringing that empowerment to for the person in their home, it's owning right. their environment and really just setting the intention for their space. Like even things like who do you want to attract to your space? Right. You letting in into your space and in that energy. Um and so I yeah I actually just did a house cleansing last week and you know the person cried because you feel so much things lift that you don't even realize are there.
0: Right. Well you said that it just reminds me of a uh like a pool of just like stagnant water and like just everything (laughs) where like the difference between you know like running water you know and that flow and the difference that it makes where I think a lot of times we do just think about our own energetic flow and not think about, again, the environment. It's so important. But um, so now the soul doula, I want to ask you, what is a soul doula? I love the title, by the way, but can you explain to us, what is a soul doula? Where did you come up with this term?
1: Yeah. So I had always loved doula, like the word doula. I had always resonated with it. And I had looked online and they have obviously like death doulas and birth doulas. And for me, that wasn't, it didn't resonate. Like I didn't feel connected to that. And so I kind of just like let it go. And then in a meditation, the word soul doula came to me. And I, again, I didn't really think anything of it. I was like, is that a real thing? So I looked it up on Google and there was like a couple people that do, that are a soul doula. And it's kind of what I had been doing before without the title, but basically a soul doula is a mentor and a guide for people in transitions. So it's really like helping them birth their inner light, their passion, their purpose, and empowering them Uh as their guide and as a mentor. So it's just that one-on-one contact with, with somebody struggling.
0: That is so beautiful. And I want to make sure that we tell people this as well. Um, if they are interested in connecting with you and like feel like they feel um, uh, connected to you, resonant with your energy right now too, that you are currently offering calls where people can see like if they're a good fit to working with you in your soul doula mentoring program, right?
1: Yeah. I, I have not put the information about the soul doula mentorship on my website yet, but I plan on doing that today actually. Okay. So yeah, if they wanted to do that, you can just book an appointment online, like through my website. And it's like a, it's a 30 minute consult call. So just to see if our energies match.
0: Yeah. And so in these sessions, it it is primarily focused on people in transition. So again, like, relationship career trying to feel more connected to purpose grief whatever type of transitional space you're in this is the type of work you're supporting people with right yeah that's very very cool um and I just want to say as well that you do do Reiki which we talked about at the beginning and I know that you do in person and remote sessions so if people want to get to meet you and work with you in person where are you now?
1: Yeah, so I'm actually located in Erie, Pennsylvania, and I have an office space, which I am in currently, and the location is 2016 Peach Street, so all you'd have to do is, again, go on my website, and you can book an in-person session, or you can book a distance session, but that way, just give some people options if they are in the Erie area, travel to Erie, I'll be here, so... That is very cool. <laughs>
0: so I have to ask you about this too, because I thought it was a beautiful offering on your site. Um, you have something that you call the Reiki healing tree. Mm-hmm. and I think this is a, um, a beautiful idea, but also uh, I think it will inspire other people as well as a way of paying it forward. So can you explain to us what the Reiki healing tree is and what did inspire this for you?
1: Yeah. So I love trees. Trees are like a huge symbolism for me. Like Mm -hmm. I just love them. So I actually, somebody else had done this Reiki healing tree that I had found on Google. And I was like, that is a beautiful idea. And I have this wire tree that somebody made for me. Mm -hmm. And what I do is, you know, if they say, Emily, like my friend's really struggling, like I'll put their name on my Reiki tree and then just send them distance healing that way. You know, so it's just a good way to to send that energy, and it's free. Like it's they don't have to pay for it.
0: That is beautiful. Okay, so tell us how can we find you?
1: Yeah, so you can find me. Honestly, my main modality that I like to use is um, Instagram. Yes, it's Seeking Solace underscore with Emily, and Solace is S O U L A C E. And then you can find me on Facebook as well, and then. On my website
0: okay, so I am going to make sure again to put those links in the show description so that you can connect with Emily. Um, her website is seeking solace again it's s o u l a c e dot com and yeah, I just think it's um such a beautiful conversation, and again, I'm glad you came because I think for so many of us, we don't think about how much these different transitions, and we have them all the time like all throughout life all of these different transitional and like pivotal moments how much they impact us but how that we can go through them with more grace and what they may be leading us to i think that's the thing so before we go i have to ask you that as well with the transitions whether it was um, going from you know your social work into allowing yourself to design a business that felt more resonant anything what have these transitions revealed to you? Like, have you felt like they have brought you closer to your own purpose? Do you feel more like in your own authenticity? What has been the oh, win for you?
1: <laughs> for sure. I literally, you know, I had learned the word surrender and mm-hmm. I had never really understood it until recently. And it's that feeling for me when I feel it in my gut that I know something isn't right and not having any logic behind it. Cause our brain sometimes gets in the way where it's like, Oh, don't do that because right. I he's going to happen. It is just honoring what your gut is telling you and taking that leap, you know, and that for me, that was really the hardest thing because I like to sometimes control things. Yeah. So just letting go of that control and recognizing, um, you know, that the universe is there for you and it might not be in the way that you think Mm -hmm. because our, our minds have a way of making up these stories of how we want our lives to look like.
0: Right.
1: Really. That's not what it's meant to do. And that's not what's going to happen, but you have to release that. And
0: and that is so true. That is so beautiful. I, I joke about that all the time but it's very serious like I never would have imagined that I'd be doing the work that I do I never would have thought I would podcast I mean you know and it was all of these things I always say this journey is like following breadcrumbs like I have no idea what I'm going to do in a year from now I'm just constantly allowing myself to just follow those inspirations even when they make no sense to me but whatever here we are Here we are. Here we are. So you can seek solace with Emily. Be sure to go to her website. Her Instagram account will also be in the show links. Um, again, I thank you so much for coming and sharing with us. And I don't know why this is coming up to say, but I hope you'll join us for a chat in the Seeker Circle. So I'll talk to you behind the scenes and see if I can get you to do that.
1: Awesome. Excellent. Thank you so much for allowing me the space on here and This was absolutely
0: beautiful. Oh, honey, that's what this is about. It's community. (laughs) So we will see you all soon. And thank you for being with us. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Emily. As always, it is very inspiring to hear what everyone is doing out in the world with this work, how it's helping us individually, and how we are sharing these tools and techniques with others to support the healing and transformation for all. So if you are someone who would like to share your work, share your story, be sure to contact me. I would love to have you on the show. Um again, we have some upcoming shows that I'm very excited about. So be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And if you enjoy Reiki Radio, it would mean a lot and it would really help the podcast if you take a second to just rate it on Apple Podcast. And if you leave a review, that would be great too. So I'm always so thankful for your presence, for you being here. I'm thankful that you are part of this community because together we help to um, share all of this information with others. And I don't know how long you've been in your practice, but one of the things I can say is when I first started, most people hadn't heard about Reiki. They were like, what is that? And nowadays, a lot of people at least have heard about it or know what it is or have some idea of what it may be. And I think that is a big testament to the work that we're all doing and getting out there and sharing and talking about it, but then also creating communities like this, like Reiki Radio and the Seeker Circle, these groups where we can come together and share so that we can continue to grow together. So again, I'm so thankful for you being here. And if you want to join us for the medical Reiki training with Raven Keys in October, in San Diego. Don't forget, go to my website right now and register. Sign up. I hope to see you there. And it is for Reiki Masters. So
1: I will see you next time. And remember to always journey in love.